Welcome, listeners, to another Transformation Church Sermon Podcast. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the Word of God. It is good to be with you this morning. Come on, anybody glad for Jesus being in the house with us? Come on. So thankful that God is doing miracles in this place, and we're in a series called House of Miracles. We came out of a series called God of Miracles. We're going to go into a series called Season of Miracles in in December. And so uh, we're believing God for miracles and we're hearing miracle stories. And um, I just want to encourage you, like, believe God, partner your your faith with us for what he's doing in this season. Don't be skeptical. Come on, don't be, don't be, don't be so skeptical. I don't know who that's for, but don't be so skeptical. Like God can do it this way or that way. God can, 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 he can say uh, your sins are forgiven or take up your mat and walk. Come on, he can do this or that. Let's don't be skeptical. Let's believe God. And then in my notes, preparing for next year, uh, I just wrote 2023, a year of miracles. Come on. It's going to be just a year of the supernatural. And so I, I want you to believe with us for that. And we're going to jump into the word today. On your seat, there was an envelope that says 2023 vision and a little card with some initiatives on it. If you're not familiar with that, every year we do something called vision offering in the first weekend of December. And so what I'm going to ask you to do, this is um, really just... Uh, something we don't want from you. This is something we want for you. A lot of times like, oh, well, you know, it's, a, it's an offering. It's not something we want necessarily from you. It's something we want for you. And what I'm going to ask you to do is take this card and begin to pray about it for the next three weeks and just begin to ask God what he'd have you do as a big vision offering for you and your family going into 2023. And so listen, here's the good news. We've already had uh, more than we've ever had committed before an offering Sunday this year ever before in the history of our church we already have a hundred thousand dollars committed to to this vision offering for next year already before we even took up an offering and so we're, we're believing god you can see some of the initiatives on this and and again some of you uh i'm just going to challenge you to believe god ask him what he'd have you do and just obey god don't don't i'm not asking you to do anything for me i'm asking you to listen to god and so it's a very powerful sunday we come together on that day and we all bring our best offering or we commit to uh, above and beyond giving for 2023 and so some of you maybe you don't even tithe yet a vision partner we have about 100 vision partners those are people that have decided to give above and beyond their tithe to the vision of the church and so um some of you maybe your first step is just tithing some of you're like i don't really tithe yet and I don't really understand that. And so we have a lot of resources about that. I would encourage you begin to pray to God about tithing, about what does that look like? And uh, some of y'all are like, what is tithing? It's 10% of your income. That's tithing. That's giving to the house of God, giving to God. Some of you are like, I don't, I can't, I can't calculate that. Yeah, you can. You can calculate 33% off on any sale at any store in the city. That's 33% off. You're like, okay, I I know what know 10 percent, and so some of y'all that's a big faith step with you and god and i promise you god god promises you not me god promises you that he'll open up the windows of heaven and pour out so much that you can't even contain it so take a hold of this take it home i don't want to find them on the ground i don't want to sweep i don't want to clean any of these up come on and uh and so because i will dust them for fingerprints if i keep picking off the ground uh, we want to we want to take those and pray over them for the next uh, several weeks, and then come together powerfully as a church to believe uh, God in this next season for a year of miracles. Matthew seventeen one through four, Jesus is speaking. Um, well, we're getting a story. Uh, Jesus is uh, going up on the mountain of transfiguration. Many of you've heard this story, and uh, I'm going to read the verses to you. God um, really challenged me to to speak this today. Uh, because we're of the type of series we're in and the type of season we're in around miracles. 
We're talking about a house of miracles. We're talking about a God of miracles. We're talking about supernatural things happening. And so God took me here um, because he wanted to prepare me and us for what he's going to do. And I think this is important for us to really um, to, to see what he says here in the scriptures as we lead into a huge season and see miracles happen and God moments happen in our life. Uh, verse 1, chapter 17, verse 1, it says, And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, his brother, and led them up high uh, by themselves. Led them up a high mountain by themselves. How many know it's, it's good sometimes to get with God by yourself? How many know to get closer to God's presence and to get closer to God? Sometimes you need to cut away from all of the distractions and all of the, the sphere and the circle and the noise. And, and maybe you need to decrease some things in your life or some people in your life sometimes to go up by yourselves and get quiet and get with God. Come on, anybody ever gotten quiet with God and, and he's spoken to you in those by yourselves moments? They went up by themselves on this mountain, on a high mountain. And he was transfigured before them and his face shone like the sun and his clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it's good that we are here. If you wish, I will make three tents here. One for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. What is good? This is, this is awesome. Like we're up on this high mountain. We've come away by ourselves. Come on. It's up on a high mountain. And isn't it interesting that these boys climbed a high mountain with Jesus? Can, can I tell you that getting closer to God's presence and getting closer to God isn't easy and convenient? that sometimes it's a process and sometimes it's painful and sometimes it takes a commitment that they're climbing up a high mountain. Come on, God did this and told us this because he doesn't want to create entitled babies that always complain. <laughs> he wants to create people that are mature enough to commit to the journey of climbing up somewhere high and getting with God. And then it says, Jesus led them up to this place. Aren't you glad Jesus leads you up to these places? Come on, I'll tell you, I can't, I, I'm thank God that Jesus leads me because if I was leading this thing, we'd be in trouble. Come on, somebody. Jesus leads me and leads you and, and God leads us up into these places. And then it says he was transfigured and Jesus, the Jesus that they knew began to shine. His clothes became uh, glistening like heaven. He began to see the radiance of his glory and they saw all that and he was transfigured. The Jesus they knew now no longer was the Jesus they knew around the campfire. The Jesus they had hugged and loved and understood was now a different Jesus. It was like Jesus became Jesus. Like, like God, the one they needed faith for, now God became God. Like we, we see you and he's transfigured and Moses is there. Elijah is there. Jesus is there. I, I love this side, side thought, but when, when God speaks from heaven, he says, he says, this is my son, listen to him. Well, what was he doing? He was, he was saying that his son superseded the prophets in the law. There's Elijah that represents all the prophets. There's the Moses that represents all the law. And he says, listen to my son, Jesus. And, 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 and Peter, James, and John are blown away. And they're like, oh my gosh. And, and Peter's like, wow, God, this is good. This is good that we're here. Can, can we all agree? It's good to be here. It's good to be in the house of God. Come on. This is better than that nightclub you used to wake up in. Come on, this is better than that girl's house you used to wake up in. This is better than that dude's bedroom that you used to wake up in. This is good that we're here. This is better than those hangover moments on Sunday that I used to wake up in and wonder what I, what I was doing with my life. This is good that we're here. 
Anybody thankful God got you to the house of God, a house of miracles, a place where he does something in your life? Peter, Peter's like, man, it's good that we're here. This is, this is better, Lord. This is good. And Peter says, God, I, and I love this. I, I, I'd like to make three tents, and one for you and one, one for me, Moses, and one for Elijah, and one for you. This is awesome. Let's hang out. And the context is all of a sudden, Jesus is no longer just Jesus. Like, God is God. It's, it's an amazing miracle moment. Peter's like, this is so cool. Like, like God, I want to build a campfire. I, I want to I want to build a little tent right here. Like, I, let's, let's camp right here for a little bit. Let's let's talk about this. Let's just put, let's just pause this for a little bit, Jesus. Like, I, I'm up on the mountain with you. Look at what you're doing. And let's journal this. Let's, 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 let's just, let's just like, let's, God, like Jesus, let's build a campfire. Let's get on the mountain. Let's talk about what you're doing. What just happened, God? Could we camp here for a minute, Lord? My title for today is Miracle Moments. Miracle Moments. Let's pray real quick. Father, thank you for a moment with you today. Thank you that you're here with us, that you do rise amongst our praises. You're seated on our praises, that the Spirit of the Lord rises among us, that as we're together as your people, you're here. That, Lord, every seed is is clothed with your presence. Every family has been prayed for. Every person that they represent has been lifted up to heaven for God. Every family, every business, every need, every desire. God, you're in this room. You're, you're walking these aisles right now. I pray that we meet with you today. I pray, God, that you would, you would meet with us and you would do miracles. You would show us who you are. Thank you for meeting with us this morning. Lord, and I pray that you would tell us why. We give you all the glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Miracle moments. I, uh, I got my tent up here. I, I don't, I don't, I haven't used this tent in probably three years, maybe, maybe five years. I don't, how many years, babe, has it been since I have used that tent? Hey, let me ask you this. Where are all, look at somebody before we get into the word and tell them when the last time you went camping was. Look, find somebody, tell them, tell them when the last time you camped was. I think it's been five years for me. Any, Anybody that's camped in the last year, where am I? Who, who's camped in the last year? Put it up high in the last year. Wow. Anybody who's never camped, never camped. Come on. So we, we got a church of campers. We got a church full of campers. I like where campers and glampers meet. I like that. I'm more of a glamper, Tony. You're like shaking your head. Like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm yes. Like I don't, I told you, I'm too heavy to sleep on the ground. I don't camp, man. I think there should be a 200 pound limit for camping. You know what I'm saying? Like like, unless you got some kind of mattress or something, some kind of blow up, you know, cushion. Like, I'm not laying on the ground, somebody. Last time I took my son to Boy Scouts, it was in April, and it hit 18 degree uh, high that night in April. It was like a record. I'm like, God, you have a funny sense of humor. I am really upset right now. I don't, I don't like sleep. I don't like getting into this. Listen, this, this right here, this is not a lot of protection. I do not get into one of these in the middle of the woods at night. Come on. This is, this is too vulnerable. And every place you usually camp in some kind of state park, they say, you can't bring a gun. Come on. I'm bringing a gun. Somebody, I don't care if you find me camping, I got a gun. I don't care what the sign said. Cause like I'm either getting serial killed or, or eaten and didn't even know it was going to happen. Right. That is, there's no protection in that thing. I just, I just don't, I just don't camp. And, 
Peter's like, come on, God, let's camp. Let's put up a tent. Like, I don't, I don't want this moment to pass by. This is an amazing miracle season. God, what you're doing is unbelievable. Miracles are happening. God, I'd, I'd hate to, to, to let this, to, this season just to be missed. I get it. Like, let's build a campfire. Let's share some stories and let's camp. So we're going we're gonna to camp together just for a little bit today. Come on, I'm going to get in here. We're going to camp out uh, for a little bit as I get into my tent. We together? There we are. I'm going to zip this up. We're going to camp in here a little bit. <laughs> hey, it's a little musty in here, man. I, I don't know. I've never preached like this before, so this is going to be, I'm, gonna, I'm holding my notes, and I don't have my glasses, and all kinds of things could happen in here. So uh, welcome to my tent. Peter asks, hey, can we, can we just build a tent here, Lord? Can we? Can we like, can we camp around this? Can we maybe pause this moment for a little bit? Uh, God, I know that, that you're doing something and it's only you that, that, that have done this in my life. Come on, right now, if we went around the room and we went up and down the aisles, we could all have story after story after story of miracles that happened in our life. All different types of, of God moments where, where Jesus became Jesus, like where, where, where God became God. And, and, and if we had the time, I could talk to each of you. And many of you have heard stories that have been happening. I just got a list of some of the different stories that have been happening in this last really years of our church and, and maybe in some of the last couple weeks also. And, and they're amazing stories. I remember when God called my wife and I to start this church or to take this church leadership over 14 years ago. I had just gotten fired from being a youth pastor. <laughs> How confident are you now? <laughs> and, and, and I'd come up to this church in, in Cedar Bluff Middle School to visit my wife and I on January uh, 20, uh, uh, 2008, at the end of January. And we wept in the back of Cedar Bluff Middle School Auditorium under the presence of God. And we knew God was calling us here. And, and the pastor, we went out to lunch that day with him and he kind of really ignored me because he didn't know me. And then I went to lunch with him again the next day by ourselves. And I said, yeah, uh, he goes, well, what do you want? I was like, I don't, I don't know. I'm called to be a, a lead pastor. And I, I'm thinking, uh, I just got fired from being a youth pastor. And I thought I'd come take your church over. <laughs> um, that wasn't the best way to start the interview. And so uh, they, they had about six different guys lined up to pastor the church. And he looked at me and I'll never forget it. He said, he said, Hey, you, you, there's six guys and you'd be the last in line. And I got in my car to drive back to Charlotte where we were living at the time. And, and I heard the Holy spirit say the last shall be first. And, and, and that, and that's the Lord. Aren't, aren't you glad that God doesn't consult your past to inform your future? Come on, God's got a purpose for you. Doesn't matter what happened yet. You might have got fired from something. You might have got let go, or somebody might. God's got a future and a call for you. And so I can I remember that moment like it was yesterday. And I remember sitting uh, for two months and praying and fasting and sitting in my bedroom down in Charlotte, North Carolina, going, God, because the pastor never called me back. <laughs> um, I think he was worried about me being fired from being a youth pastor, but I, but he never called me. I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do? So I just began to pray and fast. And then I heard the Lord say one morning I was, I was reading the scriptures and, and I heard the Lord say, okay, I want you to get up and I want you to call him now. Go ahead and give him a phone call. And, and then I, he took me to Colossians. I got my Bible right here. Or excuse me. He took me to first Chronicles. Here, here's the Bible uh, that I, that I remember turning to in first Chronicles. He said this and in 19, uh, God says, only remember to seek the Lord your God 
This is where uh, David is turning the kingdom over to Solomon. He says, only remember to seek the Lord your God and bring the, the, the ark of the tabernacle back, the ark of the covenant back into the tabernacle and the holy things of God back into the house that I'm calling you to build. And, and that was the verse that, that God told me. And then, and then it said this, arise therefore and build. And like, I just came, my heart jumped out of my, my chest and I got up and I called the pastor, Pastor Corey, right then. God said, I'll call him now. And I called him, he picked up on half a ring and the store, it's, it's history. He's like, could you come and preach in a few days? And we, we came and we preached and then literally 30 days to that date, God set my wife and I in as pastors of this church. I mean, there's story after story after story. I remember the first miracle God did where we didn't have enough money to build a building and we had, we had $30,000 in the bank. Many of you heard these stories. I'm, I've got a point to all this. There, there, there was $30,000 in the bank and, and we needed 150,000. And God said, I want, you, I want you to give the savings away. And I was like, God, that, does, that math doesn't make sense. That's going from 30 to zero. And God said, well, you, you can't do anything with the 30 anyway because you need 150. So why don't you put it in my hand and let me multiply it? And so, and so we gave that 30,000 with the board and all of us agreed. And we gave that 30,000 away, told a big story around that, which God was doing at the time, got the church behind it. And then literally within 10 minutes of that service had a local banker that had only been at our church two times, walk up and write me a $30,000 check on the spot. I mean, here's the thing. Our church has been supernaturally blessed and supernaturally generous from all of our days, from the inception of that moment. It's been part of our DNA. We say it's our privilege. Generosity is our privilege. And so those are, those are miracles. I had a story of a young man two weeks ago. He's sitting in the, in the, in the house right now. We talked two weeks ago. He's at our altar under the power of God. Heard Dave Hansen's miracle story about getting delivered from alcoholism and, and addiction. And then, and then heard that story and had the courage to come up and, and have a moment with God. And literally, I quote, he said this to me. He goes, this story and this moment today saved my life. I mean, the miracles and the and the moments with God, and you, you have a God story, and I have a God story. There's a young family sitting in the church right now. They, they, they've been at our church for a little over a year, and they've been trying to get pregnant for five years and have a child, and they said, you know what? We're gonna partner with this faith of miracles, and we're gonna believe God, and we're gonna partner with the vision season and believe God, and they got pregnant, and they found out they're pregnant after five years of trying to have a child. <laughs> Miracle story. My, my wife, when she was, I think, 17 or 18, she might correct me on her age, but she got diagnosed with tumors in her tongue. The doctors came and said that they were going to have to cut her tongue out and that she would not have a tongue. And uh, the tumors had tentacles and grew down the back of her tongue. And her mom was a woman of faith and her family was a family of faith. And they said, no, we're not going to accept that. And we're going to begin to pray and believe God. And we're going to begin to ask God to do miracles. And, and, and God did a miracle and he shrunk the tumors. And so when the doctor went in, they were small enough where they didn't have to cut her whole tongue out. They actually, they actually only had to take half of her tongue. They, or they took, excuse me, they took a quarter of her tongue and then they had to turn her tongue and attach it in a way to where it, it, it fit into her mouth after they cut her tongue a quarter of it out. And the doctor said she would never speak normally again and she would have a speech problem the rest of her life. She's preached the gospel from this platform. Come on. My wife had a, had a miracle right there in her mouth. I mean, I, I just, I think that the miracles that God is doing, you and I have them miracle after miracle after miracle. I think about Moses, Moses with the fire on the burning, in the burning bush and God speaking to him through this, through this bush. I mean, what a miracle. God talked to him supernaturally. Come on. God has talked to some of you supernaturally through, through moments like that. 
Some of you, some of you, I'm praying you're going to have those kind of moments over the next next year, over the next week, over the next few months in these seasons of miracles. God's going to talk to you. I, I remember God speaking to me again. Another amazing miracle. You've heard it, but I'm going to say it again. About two years ago, October 2020, almost two years, I, I was ready to give up pastoring. I was done. Uh, I, we had gone through through everything we went through in the, in the pandemic and all of the, all of the upheaval in the world. And, and, and I, I just, I, I couldn't do it anymore. And, and I was at a place in my life, uh, by October, um, I was like, I think I'm done. And I, and I remember asking God this, I woke up one morning and my wife prayed over me because I couldn't even, I couldn't even get out of bed. And, uh, and, and my wife prayed over me, prophesied me out of bed one morning. She's like, you're getting up. <laughs> and I'm like, all right. And, uh, and so I got up and I, and I asked God this. I had a conversation with the Lord. I asked him, I said, Lord, this isn't my church. This is your church. And I said, are you, are you stripping the church? Do you, do you want to strip it from me? And I said, because, because it's not mine. And I, I literally heard the voice of God. I heard him not audibly, but in my heart, in my mind. I mean, God, as you get close to God, God will think to you, right? Come on, God thinks to you. And so, so I'm close with God and he thinks to me. And I said, are you stripping it from me? And he said, he literally said, no, I'm not stripping it. I'm rebuilding it. And, and, in, and in that moment, like, like faith kind of came alive. I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm not gonna resign right now. God, it's your church. Um, and then October... 30th on an encounter night, 60 people in the room were worshiping. Y'all have heard the story. Some of you heard it happen. I'm on, on my knees at the altar and uh, a friend named Matt Lynch is singing, Holy Spirit, you're welcome here. Come and fill the atmosphere. And, and literally we hear a sound of a stadium cheering and roaring in the room right here through the ceiling. Literally, I mean, and, and we're worshiping and we hear, and, and I'm like, is this me or is this the music or is this something wrong in the sound system? And so I get up from the platform and I say, does anybody else hear this? And hands began to go up all around the room. And the Holy Spirit put on my heart, this is, this is Hebrews. This is the cloud of witnesses cheering this church on to, to, to be alive and to serve God's purposes. So, so there's these moments. There's these moments where God's speaking. Many of you, you have those moments where you say, you know what? You cannot convince me that God is not real because he's spoken to me and Jesus became Jesus. I've had this moment. I want to just come on, take a second. Let's give glory to God just for a minute for all the miracles and all the moments and everything he's done. I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful. And I understand why Peter would want to build a tent and camp out. I understand why we want to memorialize moments. I understand why there's great statues built to great godly movements around the world. I understand why we talk about different revivals and we have historical uh, moments that we've re remembered. I, I get it, but here's what we can't do. And here's what I, I really want to drive this home today for the rest of the time. We cannot live in a spiritual museum of religious relics. We, we, we cannot camp out. We cannot get stagnant. And what's crazy is that stagnation can actually come from spiritual moments when we're living from God moments in the past. That when we begin to kind of uh, misunderstand the point of a miracle, when we do all this house of miracles and God of miracles and season of miracles, and when we do all of it, but we misunderstand why we actually can get stagnant. And some of you can feel stagnant right now because you're still living off of a 20-year-old moment. Some of you are still living off a 20-year-old prayer. You're still looking in the rearview mirror with God going, oh, this is what God did yesterday. Remember when God did that back then? And you're memorializing a moment, and sometimes we, we forget the man named Jesus. 
And we, and we get into the moment and we get into a spiritual museum and we look at what God used to do. And I just want to tell you, perhaps some of you are lacking joy today because you're still living in a moment that was 20 years ago. Maybe some of you feel a little stagnant and, and you're like, you know what? I've fallen in love with a, with a moment that happened back then. And God, I believe through me and through this house is saying, you know what? Let's not live in a museum of what God did yesterday. I don't want to stare at a 20 year old moment. I don't want to fall in love with that. I want to stay in love with Jesus. I need the man who, who creates the moments more than the moments themselves. Does that make sense? Moses is at a bush and it's burning. I mean, think about it. What if Moses had to set up a tent right there at the burning bush and just camp there? What if he had stayed there? Two million people would have still been enslaved. We'd have no Old Testament church. We'd have no miracles. We'd have no movement of God beyond that moment if Moses had just camped out. What I want to say to you is God is doing something new today, right now in your life. He's doing something now. And this should be on the screen for you. And I want you to write this down. I'm going to come on out of my tent so I can look at you in the eyes. Somebody might have to help me get out of here. Come on. <laughs> help him, Lord. Help. <laughs> help him, Gary. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> here's, what, here's what we need to know. God's doing something new. God's doing something real. God's doing something today. And, and, and God moments, hear me, God moments are never meant to be memorialized they're meant to mobilize the moments that you're going to experience and the things that God's going to do in your life over this month or next month or today or tomorrow or next year is meant to mobilize you and I and, and, and move us. And Jesus says, come on, can we build a tent? Or Peter says, can we build this tent? Jesus doesn't even respond to Peter. He doesn't even answer him. If you go back and read the story, he's like, this is good, Lord. Let's build a tent. Let's, let's get it. Let's get camped out here for a little bit. And, and Jesus ignores him. Why? Why? Because he's communicating to Peter and he's communicating to you and I, you're too called to camp out. You're too called to put up a tent and camp out around something that God did yesterday. You have a calling on your life to your work, to your family, to your community, to this nation, to, to Tennessee, to your neighbors, to your school. I, I don't know, but you're too cold. Peter, if I let you put up a tent here, if I let you build a tent here, I know you'll get a little stagnant. And Peter, you're called to plant the church. You're called to build the church. You're called to start the church. You're called to preach at Pentecost. You're called to tell 3,000 people about me. You're called, Peter. And I understand if you, if you do this, you're going to, you, if you build a tent, if you build a tent, you're going to become a manager of old moments. Y'all yeah. heard me say it a few years ago or a few months ago when we started talking about miracles. I said, man, I don't want the same stories. God's the God of today. God's the God of now. Like, like I'm going to, listen, I'm going to, I'm going to have the stories and you're going to have the stories. And I'm not saying we throw the stories out, but here's what I would say. Date the moment. Marry the mission. Date, date the miracle, treat, treat, the, treat the miracle moment as a tourist, but you're a kingdom resident. 
You're called daily in the kingdom with fresh bread and fresh manna and fresh moves of God and a, a new word from God. I'm going to date the moment, but I'm going to, I'm going to marry the mission and the purpose of meeting with God. It's, it's about Jesus. I don't want my spiritual life to be stagnant and I don't want to be stuck in a museum looking at 20 year old moments going, you know what, God, look what you used to do. Some of you are too called to camp out. Listen to me. You're too called to camp out in what you did at your last church. Well, I'm just here and, and we were at our last church and we just, and oh, we're just getting a breather. You're too cold to camp out. Amen. You're too cold to camp out in, in what happened at youth camp in 1999. I'm too cold to camp out at the story of when God brought my family here. I, I love the story, but I'm too cold to camp. I've got, there's more campuses and more churches and more territory and more calls and more things to do for God. I'm too, I'm too cold to camp out. And last week's two thousand, two weeks ago, we gave away 2000 meals right here. You, us, 2000 meals. Do you know that like last year we gave away 50 meals, 2000 meals. Man, I could talk about that for the next month, but you know what? We got a truck full of toys to give away to kids at Christmas. We're 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 too cold to camp out. You're too cold to camp out. Too cold to camp out. Too cold to just sit around and talk about what God spoke to me uh, three months ago or six months ago. Too cold. I mean, I just, I hope I can just get this into your spirit today. I, I just, I don't want you to become a manager of old moments. We've, we've already got $100,000 committed to this vision offering. Why? Because we're too cold to camp out. We're, we're called to, to reach and, and, and bless people and see lives healed and keep moving forward. God is always moving forward. God is going to meet with you in this season. He's going to do a miracle in your life. I believe it with all my heart, but he's doing that to move you uh, to somebody or to something. God wants to say something to you because he wants you to do something somewhere. Satan isn't afraid of you getting on the mountain. Satan isn't afraid of you holding up in your, in your, in your prayer closet. Satan is afraid of you coming off the mountain, of us getting off of a spiritual miracle or spiritual moment and beginning to mobilize and tell somebody about it. We can, we can sit around and become a, a country club full of campfire Christians all day long, telling stories of what God did yesterday, telling stories of what God spoke in my prayer time. It says that what God tells you in private, shout from the rooftops. That's what the Bible says. And so there's somewhere that God's calling you to shout when he meets with you privately. When he meets with you on the mountain, there's a call. There's a place for you to shout it from the rooftops. God said, I'm going to meet with you. Moses, if you stay on this mountain, two million people will still be slaves. If you hang around the burning bush, there's going to be a whole movement that doesn't happen. God movements are here. Why, why does God meet with you and move you? Why is there moving moments with God? To move you. I know I'm just simple, but some, but sometimes, I mean, look, come on. Peter wanted to build a tent. Like, Lord, this is good. Let's, let's camp around. Come on. Can I just tell you that m many denominations are memorials to what God used to do? Many statues and me. I don't want it. I don't want any of that. I don't want, I want Jesus. I want what God's doing today. I don't, I don't want to, to fight over old things and old, old systems and old way. I want, what's God doing this year? What's he going to do next? What's he going to do in my life? What's he going to do in our country? What's he going to do in our nation? What's he going to do in our world? Oh God, I need you. I need your miracles, but I want you to move me with it. 
Where are you sending me, oh God? That's what I'd ask you. Just as you're, as you're believing God for miracles in this season, ask him, God, where are you sending me? Where, where are you? Where are you? What, what am I meant to be mobilized to? Moses, if you stay on this mountain, don't get enamored with the, with the burning bush. Come on, listen to me. God can use a Red Sea next. God could use a rod next. God could use a rock that followed Moses in the, in the wilderness and put two, two million gallons of water out per day. God can use manna that feed, feeds him from heaven. God can, use all, God can use snakes on a pole to heal people. It's a picture of Jesus. My point is, Moses, if you get enamored with the method of what I did yesterday, you're going to miss all the movements that I want to do in your life and all the mission that I have for you. So, so don't get enamored with some method. Begin to marry the mission God has for you. God, what's my mission? Feed people, worship God, make you known, uh, build the church. It's the mission of God. Live to see people set free. I don't want to build a tent, man. I want to be moved by God. Write, write this down. Satan is most afraid of the mobilized church. Like, can I just tell you what it felt like to feed uh, 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 about 2,000 meals two weeks ago? But I'd love to camp there. I, I would. Sometimes I feel guilty. Sometimes I feel guilty, like, okay, what's next? Like, that's, I bet it's because, I mean, I'm content, but I'm not satisfied. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like, because there's kids that, I mean, we cleared the list at Cedar Bluff. So many of y'all took gifts and took names and there's families. I mean, I, I wept. The morning that we fed 2,000 meals, I sat at my kitchen sink and wept saying, God, thank you. Thank you that you could use somebody like me and us and our church to hand out some bread, to hand out some meat. We have 600 turkey or 600 hams coming for Christmas to hand out. Come on. That's the free stuff that we're giving away. I just, I just, the feeling of being mobilized for God. I just want you to, I just want you to be mobilized for the things of God. This, this is a, this is a mission that we're all in here together. It's not just to come around this room and talk about campfire moments of what God did and to feel good. Please let's don't be as a church. Let's don't be campfire country club Christians. Let's be men and women of God that take the movement of God out to the streets. I want to challenge you. If you feel stagnant, maybe you're stuck in an old moment. If you feel stagnant in your walk with God, if you if you're, uh, have a lack of joy, maybe you're constantly staring in the rearview mirror of what God did. Can I tell you, he can do something new. You're down here talking about what God did five years ago, and he's like, man, I can do more. I'm God. I'm in heaven. I got more turkey. Come on, we got free 600 hams given to us free. That's just what we're giving away free. And if I, if I was just, bank, you know, just happy with the ground beef last month, then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have hams. <laughs> God, how can you use me? God, what can you do with my family? What can you do with my, my vision offering this year? How can we reach? You know, we're going to give more Bibles away in Iran this year than we ever have. More. I mean, you'll, you'll probably see a video about that. You, you know what we're doing? Our ministry partners are using, y'all might not like this, but they'll, they'll do anything it takes to get the Bibles into people's hands. They're using the, the opium drug dealers to smuggle Bibles into Iran. Yeah, we're, we're using, we're using, every time you give here, you are, you are put, putting a, a pack of Bibles into an opium drug Lord's hands. Imagine if they start reading those Bibles. It's, uh, 
They're going into, into Iran, and then we're, we're hitting China. We have thousands of, 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 of Bible training schools and electronic devices that are going into underground churches in China. Every time, every time, you're being mobilized. I, I mean, we're giving away turkeys. That's right here, around the world, all through the Sudan, all through um, in Africa and Haiti. I mean, there's, there's water and sports and kids coming to Christ, and they're using sports with Vapor Ministries. I mean, you are doing so much around the world. I'm trying to engage and increase your faith because sometimes it's easy just to camp around this circle with 400 of us. And God wants to do more. He wants to do more through me. I'm praying for my wife and I. I was praying this morning. God, don't let us get stagnant. I don't, I don't want to. I'm, not, I'm, I'm more called than to camp out about what you did in my marriage last year. God, don't let my kids get stagnant. I'm praying for my kids to have a little revival in their life right now. Can I be open with you? My, my daughter's on fire for God. My boys, they, need, they, need, they, they, they serve. I'm praying for them to have a, a revival in their life for God. Amen. I'm, praying for, I'm always praying for that in my life because I'm one day away from stagnant. You're all one day away from stagnant. You're all one day away from camping out and putting up a tent and going, you know, that was the glory days and that was great. You know, the Bible says we go from glory to glory. Can I just encourage you? It's going to be brighter tomorrow. It's going to be better tomorrow. From faith to faith and glory to glory and greater to greater. And what does God have for you? What does he have for me? I'm not going to camp out here. I'm not going to rest easy. Exodus, I'm going to end with this. Exodus chapter 6, verse 6. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. This is right when God meets with Moses. The burning bush happens and he says this, I am God, tell the people, say to the people, say to somebody, say to the people, I am the Lord and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians and I will deliver you from slavery to them and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people and I will be your God and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give your father Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I will give it to you as a possession. God meets with Moses. It's an amazing burning bush moment and God says, this is what I want to do. I want to send you to some people. I want to send you and I want to give you a message to tell them. And there's people out there that are waiting to be, have you sent to them? Amen. I don't know what sphere it is for you or who it is, but I'm telling you, you've got something to say. You have a miracle moment in your life that God is sending you to somebody and you go to them. And you go, God did it for me. I was set free from this. God spoke to me like this. It was audible. It was a story. I heard the voice of God. I was at church and we couldn't get pregnant. We got pregnant. I gave and God did a miracle. We partnered up with our faith and God moved. I, there's just so many things, but that's not for you. It's, it's to be sent to somebody. It says that you'll bring them out. People are stuck. People need brought out. There's people all around our community that are stuck. Stuck in the past. Stuck in shame, Gwen. They, you said shame this morning. So many of us get stuck in shame. Stuck in guilt. There's people that are, that are stuck. People, there's somebody stuck. Somebody is a slave. Somebody's a slave to fear. Somebody's a slave to popularity. Somebody's a slave to everyone else's opinion. Somebody needs to hear you go to them and go, you know what? I got set free from the fear of man and from being a slave to popularity. I got set free from the slave of trying to, trying to get more and more and more. And if I just got bigger stuff and more stuff, I'd feel good about myself. No. Somebody's, somebody's a slave to those kind of things. Somebody's stuck. Somebody's a slave. Somebody's stagnant. 
Somebody is camping out in a 20-year-old moment, settling for less than what God has them to be. And, and, and they need you to show up. They need you to say, hey, there's a place that miracles can happen, but, but God's got a call and a purpose on your life. Somebody's solo. These are just some thoughts. Somebody's stuck. Somebody's, somebody's a slave. Somebody's stagnant. Somebody's solo. Somebody's out there trying to do life on their own. Somebody has no community, no connect group, no, no small group, no, no fellowship outside of, with Christians outside of this. Somebody's out there on their own, needs to be a part of a family. Do you remember what it was like before you were part of a Christian family? Man, come on. God says, I will be God to them. Somebody's out there trying to do it without God. People need God. Last verse, Matthew 17. Here's why Peter can't build a tent. Verse 14. At the bottom of the mountain, they were met by a crowd of waiting people. Peter, if you put this tent up, there's going to be a huge group of people at the bottom of this mountain waiting. They're never going to get the purpose and the mission that's in your heart. There's a crowd full of hurting, waiting people out these doors. There's a crowd full of waiting people that are going to come drive through on December the 4th or 5th on our property and get fed and get gifts. There's a crowd of waiting people at your school. There's a crowd of waiting people at your sports arena. There's a crowd of waiting people at your little league. There's a crowd of waiting people at that business. There's a crowd of waiting people. And I just, I'm asking you, can we be a church? Can we be a church that Satan is scared of and that we're mobilized, that we're not just on the mountain, that we're actually mobilized on Sundays, but beyond Sundays and out into our world? That's my prayer. I'm going to pray for you today. And, and maybe, you, maybe you're in one of those areas. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you feel stagnant. Maybe you're still living off of youth camp from 20 years ago. I'm, I get it all the time. People come to our church. They love our church. They're like, man, I love it. We're just here. We're just here to rest. Just going to rest. I'm like, okay, can you do that for like, like Thanksgiving break is a few days. Been resting a year. You're too called to camp. Amen. If, you're, if this is your church, get on a team. Right. Serve somewhere. Amen. I would rather have half of you that are here serving and reaching and being mobilized than a bunch of people that just show up to camp out in a tent. Yeah. And I've loved all of you. I love you. There's a place for you. You're like, well, I didn't know you needed anybody. We need you. We need you everywhere. This church needs you. This church needs you to quit camping and to begin to marry the mission, to experience God, to find family, to discover your purpose and to transform your world. That's why we exist. And so I'll just give you, my wife's probably going to kill me. She's like, you were hard on everybody. That's the prophet coming out of me, okay? I love y'all. But if I'm pointing at you, I got three fingers pointing back at me. So I'm going to triple down. I ain't going anywhere, okay, everybody? And God has called us to mobilize out into this city. There's another service coming in after you, your brothers and sisters that are called by God. We're believing for expansion of this auditorium in the future so we can reach more people and feed more people and reach Iran and reach China and reach Africa and and reach into the communities of East Tennessee. And come on, there's so much to do.
Can we just be a church that comes off the, off the mountain out of the tent today? Would y'all agree? Would y'all just pardon me to come out of the tent today? That's awesome. I love you. Here's what I ask you to do. If you do that, if you really mean that, go to Connection today and sign up for something. Say, what team can I get on? Hey, can I get on a production team? Can I get on a worship team? Can I, maybe if you could sing. Let me put, let me put that disclaimer. <laughs> can I get on an outreach team? I want to be a part of giving away food. And I don't, want to, I don't want to just bring gifts and put them in a truck. I don't want slacktivism. I'm going to give my finances. Praise God. Because we couldn't do any of this without that. But, but also partner in to the, to the boots on the ground, to the mission of the every, every week, okay? Father, thank you for our church. Thank you for a people that make the devil scared. Thank you for a people that don't just camp out, that don't just circle up. This is no country club. This is no cruise ship. God, this is a warship. This is a war army of people called to our city, called to our schools, called to the children and the hurting kids, called to people that are stuck or stagnant or in slavery or solo, oh God. I pray, God, today that you would spark something in somebody. I pray that half of the people don't leave because I said that. I want them to stay, God. But I pray that we engage. I pray that there's more signups today and more plugging in and more partnership and more family, not just because we need to do something, but we are something together, oh God. Oh God, I thank you. I pray for anybody feeling stagnant today that you would fill them with joy as they mobilize in a new mission, a new movement of God in their life today. I thank you for the local church. Thank you that it's the hope of the world. I thank you that every family in this room is the hope of the world. I thank you for anybody in this room that doesn't feel like they're the hope of the world, that you would speak to them today and tell them their value and how, how much you, you mean to them and how much they mean to you. And God, that they're the hope of this world. That Jesus, you are the hope of our, our life. No one looking around just for a second. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. I'm asking you to partner in with the church and a mission and all these things. And you're like, I've never even given my life to Jesus. I've never even surrendered to God. I need Jesus. I need God. I need a miracle God. Maybe you're watching online and you're like, I need God. Maybe you're in this room. You say, I need to be a Christian. I know I'm not right with God. I need to believe that Jesus died and paid for my sins, rose from the dead. I want to serve him. No one looking around. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm going to pray for you in a second. If you're online right now, just type in fresh start. If you need a fresh start with God, would you just type that in? I need Jesus in my life. Type that in. And if you're in this room right now, no one looking around. Would you just put your hand up to me if you say, Pastor, I need a fresh start with God today. I need a fresh moment. I need, I need to surrender my life to God. Anybody for the first time, I need to come back to Christ maybe today. I need to come back to Jesus and trust him for my salvation in my life. Anybody at all, just take a second. Awesome. Come on, let's pray together. Father, thank you for sending your son, Jesus. Jesus, thank you for leaving your tent, coming off the mountain of heaven. Thank you for crossing the universe and dying on that tree. Thank you that you took all my shame and all my sin and all my punishment and you took it upon yourself on that tree. You paid for and you pardoned me of sin. You removed the power of sin. You give me a brand new heart today. I believe that you are God. You rose from the dead. Give me a brand new heart. I will serve you and you'll be my Lord and my master the rest of my life in Jesus' matchless name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. Thank you for listening to another Transformation Church sermon podcast. If you would like someone to pray with you, or if you would like some ministry materials, please email us at hello at transformationchurch.us.